Well, it's the start of a new season under a new regime, new leadership. Flyers are ready to get started with the 23-24 campaign with our latest broadcasters roundtable. Tim Saunders with Jim Jackson, Todd Fedork, Brian Boucher, and I guess it's kind of fitting that with uh, a new regime, new faces at the top, we got our own new faces. Welcome, guys. Yeah. Thanks. Great to be with you guys. Uh, no, we probably picked on you back in the day and uh, <laughs> on the back of the plane, and now we happen to be teammates. Yeah, so it's, uh, yeah you did a lot of things to we, us in the back we, of the plane. we, we got to change our, our, just, our tone a little bit. I'm the same place on the plane I was 25 years ago. How about you? <laughs> <laughs> He's a couple seats further back now. I'm just happy they let me back on. Yeah. yeah. Well, guys, kind of uh, fitting that as uh, we, we turn a corner with this two this team, I guess, uh, internally as broadcasters, we're kind of turning a corner. Bush, let's start with you. Philadelphia has never been considered a patient sports town. Um, And the whole rebuild suggests that we've got a five, six-year plan here. There is definitely a plan, but I think we're all in agreement that uh, it may not take as long as people are talking about yeah, I, I mean, when I look at this roster, uh, I think there's not enough people, These the prognosticators around the National Hockey League, there's not enough people that are really looking at the players when healthy, uh, how good th- they can be. I think they're just writing the flyers off. And certainly they're entitled to their opinion, but I, I don't know that they've dug deep enough to see uh, what the Flyers have uh, in their lineup. And, and I think this team is going to surprise some people. And there's no question that, you know, the 20, you know, the next draft is going to be a good draft, right? So, you know, finishing down uh, would, would get you an impact player. But I don't know that the Flyers are really interested in that. I think they want to be a competitive team. They want to do this organically. They're not going to, by any stretch, you know, lay down for, for the opponents. And I, and I think that's a good sign. This is an underdog team that I think is going to surprise some people. Remember a year ago, people were saying, would they tank for a draft? Anybody that suggested that just doesn't know the personalities involved here, especially John Tortorella. That, and I don't think tanking works. I mean, people can say, well, it worked for the Blackhawks, but we'll see if it worked for them. We've seen teams, Buffalo's tanked a couple times, it hasn't worked for them. I mean, it's tough in the NHL. First of all, you don't guarantee yourself the, the lowest pick by tanking. So that's not part of this. Danny has said that. He stated that. Jonesy has stated that. It's, it's a rebuild, but it's a rebuild to me, and I agree with John Tortorell here, that started before this year. It had already started, really technically started with the Claude Giroux trade, if you really want to be technical. Now, they made a couple of moves after that that maybe weren't part of the rebuild, but certainly last year, John Tortorell was all about establishing a standard, as he likes to put it. That's part of the rebuild. And now Danny and Jonesy are going about the personnel standpoint, and they have loaded up on picks. This is an exciting time, guys. They have a bunch of good young players, which I think, I agree with Bush, are being underestimated. They have some veterans coming back that aren't being considered by these prognosticators. Uh, Sean Couturier and Cam Atkinson are two really good players if they're able to make it back, and so far so good on that. Uh, But as far as the young players, Timmy, uh, there's a lot of good young players. I can't wait to see the next step for Owen Tippett. Noah Cates is a tremendous player already. Joel Farabee, what's he going to bring with a full? All these, and then, of course, Morgan Frost, who looks really good in cap. And then you've got the guys coming in this year. And on top of that, Cutter Gauthier is coming soon. And on top of that, in a couple of years, Mitchkoff's down the road. So there's so much for Flyers fans really to be looking forward to, be excited about for this year, because John Tortorella teams don't play 
to, to tank, as you said. They play to stay in the game, and so they're going to be competitive from that standpoint. They made some nice additions in terms of character players to help along that line, and then they have the young players who need to take another step. So for me, I'm really excited, and I, I do believe if, if everything goes right, that means the health for the guys we talked about. It means Carter Hart being here all year. If everything goes all right, I think this team can be absolutely in contention for the playoffs come March, April. All right, we'll be up front and say, as of this recording, which is Monday morning, um, final roster decisions have not been made. They have till 5 o'clock on Monday to make those last decisions. And what's complicating this right now is they have three goaltenders that are being listed. So there's at least one roster move that still has to be made. Regardless of those kids that are trying to hang on to one of the last spots, even if one of them starts in Lehigh, we're going to see all these kids as part of this moving forward probably sooner than later. And, and Jimmy's already referenced this. Fridge, this rebuild started, if you listen to John Tortorella, a year ago. And that's what he spent last year doing, is assessing that dressing room and figuring out what changes needed to be made there first. Yeah, and I think that's kind of been the theme of camp, too, is that he's, he's publicly noted that, that, look, I started last year with this rebuild, and we did start last year. And he, he also went on to say that, he knows so much more and he does too right he knows all the players he knows some of the things that he needs to do to push their buttons get them to to produce and it's it is a different situation but it is it's chapter two right it, it's it's another year um everything that they they're, they're they're preaching in camp about hard work and earning everything he's kind of proving with the players so the players are doing what he's asked and he's implementing a certain style that's it's it's work related right like if you look at the way that they've played um you need speed right but the guys that are getting rewarded are doing certain things right like the forechecking they're generating things off of work and that workman style approach is what he's really trying to push and that community right that that coming together in the locker room i think one of the interviews he was saying it's a different locker room and it is different then that does do other things to other players one player could suppress four or five personalities right you let that room change a little bit, guys come out of their shell a little bit. Yeah, and, and let's talk about that because last year he was talking about addition by subtraction, and he's quick to point out that's not a knock on the guys that are not here anymore, Provorov, Hayes, Van Riemsdyk, uh, Tony D'Angelo. But, Bush, the makeup of a team, if you eliminate some strong personalities, you've almost forced other younger personalities maybe to have to step up and take a bigger bite and that's part of you know th this idea of not blocking the young kids in today's nhl i i find different from when fridge and i played when it was a veteran heavy uh league uh and you had to kind of get in line and wait for your turn uh there's more of an impetus now to get the young guys involved not only playing wise but also vocally in the locker room and how they want to be a part of uh, of what's inside those walls um, when you eliminate some strong personalities, as you mentioned, uh, it allows some younger guys, for example, uh, Morgan Frost, you know, now is going to come in and he's a guy that's going to be counted upon to be a top six center, right? Uh, to play in the top six. And if you look at the way he's played in the preseason, he looks to me like a player that now is taking charge. He looks way more assertive, uh, 
uh, in this preseason. It looks like he's he's ready to take that next step. He's been rewarded with a nice two-year contract, which I think is paying him pretty well uh you know I know he's had some bumps along the road but now it's his turn to kind of take that next step Joel Farabee another guy it's their turn now to kind of you know take the reins and and take a little bit more leadership take a little bit more of that you know um you know of the of of the idea that they're going to be the guys that are driving the bus a little bit more than as opposed to being passengers on Mm -hmm. the bus and I think that's important they added some veterans that came in you know guys like you know Sean Walker and 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 Mark Stahl these are quality guys that they brought in but make no mistake um you know the young guys have to earn their ice time to get ahead of players like that but at the same time, I don't get the sense that those veterans are going to block any of the young kids coming up. I think this is a, a situation where you surround them with quality people, and then the young kids say, hey, here's a little bit more of the leash, start pulling on it. And that's what's got to happen, right? Yeah. If this team's going to grow, the young guys have got to uh, kind of take over this club. Yeah. Timing's everything. This summer wasn't the time to go get big-name free agents. And Torts talked about it before the summer began. You needed to backfill, find role guys, PK guys. Up front, you've already mentioned the two veteran defensemen. Up front, they did really well in the two signings they made. Yeah, I mean, uh, I thought they did well when they signed them. I think even more so after watching both of them in the preseason. I mean, Ryan Paling and Garrett Hathaway were two of the best players in training camp. Paling uh, is a guy, he's only 25. He could be part of the rebuild long term because yeah. he's still that young. Hathaway, obviously a veteran guy, but they're together now with Nick Dore and what looks to be a tremendous fourth line. Um, which when you see how the team breaks down now, you've got the top three. There's plenty of talent on those top in the top nine of this team. A lot of it's young talent, too. Uh, and then you have that fourth line, which can be your energy line. And I think it's an energy line that might be able to score a little, too. Uh, so and, and as you said, they're going to be able to help on a penalty kill in special teams and just be veteran presences. So they did really well. Mark Stahl, you know, I know it's on the defensive side of it, but the fact that he wanted to come here, I think actually helps the rest of the players here. Like, yeah, if he wants to be here, he was in the Stanley Cup Finals last year. He's not a young guy. He wants to come here. Then then this is a place to be, you know, and I think that helps morale as well. And, and he's a, a just talking to him a couple of times, great guy to I, have. I get the feeling he's going to be a conduit kind of between the team and – and Tortorella, mm-hmm. just uh, almost in another assistant coach on the ice, Mark Stahl. I, I agree with that. I think guys that have um, knowledge of coaches and their approaches are, are kind of that buffer, you know, and that's usually the captain. Obviously, without one on the team right now, he'll probably assume some of that. The older guys usually did. I mean, that's how it kind of goes when you bring somebody like that in, right? There, there's kind of a, a, a knowledge base there that they're going to be kind of a player coach, and they've alluded to that maybe – not playing as much this year, but that's all going to come based on how he plays and how he approaches the game. But the big thing is, is that locker room. It's, we'll go back to that again. That's where that's where he's going to be, you know, leading the younger guys. And defensively, it's it's so important. Defense is like outside of goalies from development perspective, it's D that take the next amount of time, mm-hmm. right? So having a guy like him back there, I think Tortorella called him a stall. So there's there's pedigree there, and, and I think that's good. And it does it does do a lot to the youth because you see a guy coming in that's got some pedigree, you're like, man, I'm in the NHL. And these young guys probably yeah. feel that yeah. now. Yeah. You know? 
Um, I don't want to gloss over the big story. I think the biggest story at training camp. Let's go back to the healthy returns of Sean Gatorier and Cam Atkinson. We can't overemphasize how important that is. Huge. I mean, uh, and I think that's why maybe some of the prognosticators are not paying enough attention uh, to the Flyers. I mean, you add, first of all, quality um, pros, right? These guys were missing in the locker room last year inside those walls. Um, When you're injured, you're not part of it. You're not, you're not on the day-to-day. You're not um, rubbing shoulders with the, with the young kids. Uh, you're really not helping out. So, you know, with, with Couturier out last year and Atkinson out last year, they're missing two quality people inside that room, never mind the fact that they're very good players. Atkinson's look really good in the preseason, and that to me is a real positive sign. You look on the right side uh, for this team, they're right wings. I mean, you, you tip it, Atkinson. Uh, is Forster or Brink in the mix in that top nine? To the Konechny. point where Tippett probably right. plays, Tippett the, other side. plays the other side. Sorry, you're right. Konechny. I mean, you're looking at you know um, guys on the right side of the ice where they're very deep. They're very good. Uh, Couturier, uh, can he play big minutes like he did in the past? He's going to help in the faceoff circle. He's going to help on both sides of the puck. I think that's really, uh, really big for this hockey team. So, yeah, I mean, those guys coming back just alone, I mean, if nobody's paying attention to that in the National Hockey League, uh, they're out to lunch. They've, they've, they've got to pay attention. Those guys stay healthy. This team automatically is a much different looking hockey What's team. reasonable to expect? Um, I, I think, in, as I said earlier, I think if, if – and again, there are a lot of ifs here. The last three years, a lot of the ifs have gone in the wrong direction with health, right? Uh, but if, if Coots and, and Cam are healthy and playing – the way they've played in camp, especially Cam, I, Coots is going to take. He's been out even longer, but when Coots gets it back, he's one of the best two-way forwards in the NHL, and and both help on both special teams. So uh, I think if those two are able to make it and play a full year, and, and everybody else, the young players take another step. Not all of them are going to, but if many of them do, absolutely they can contend for a playoff spot. The top top half of the league makes the playoffs, folks. It's not like only four teams make the playoffs. They can absolutely contend and, and uh, even make it. But, but uh, again, a lot of things have to go right. But the, the important thing is, Timmy, even if they don't, what you watch for are the young players and the development. And if three or four of these players take that next step, uh, it's kind of if and then thing. If they do, then I think they will contend. And so that's part of the rebuild, right? You want these younger players to, I mean, they don't want to be led in, in scoring by the veterans necessarily. They want some of these young guys, yeah. as you said earlier, as, as Fridge said earlier, to, to take control and, and kind of drive the bus. If we see that happening, everything's good. They're going to be in contention and they're building for the future. So yeah. we'll talk about some of the individuals, but there's another transition kind of happening here. And you sort of referenced this. He spent last year working on the new standard here. This is what is expected of how we play, how hard we play, how we defend. Now that that's kind of in place, he needs to, and he's acknowledged, he's going to kind of let up on the reins a little bit and encourage more offense. And Torts has said, I'm going to have to bite my tongue sometimes and kind of let it happen. Mm. Yeah, he, uh, you have to be loose because you have young guys. But he still wants to, like, he's not going to go away from the work, right? Torts, as a coach, that's why it's going to work here. If, if you want to look at this, this new era of Flyers and you're trying to tie it to the old era, which we don't want to do, there's still an element that's always going to be there, and that's it's work. It's a four-letter word that's work, and it 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 it's something that I believe is is one of the standards. I think that Tortorella is really trying to implement as as our culture moves forward. Is like 
if you're skilled, you're going to work. But you're, we're not going to take your creativity. And this is where I, I think Torts is good. He's had guys in the past like Marty St. Louis. He's had some skilled players Aaron. that you have to let. Vinny Lecavalier, yep. you don't let that guy run loose. He doesn't become the player that he is. So he's good at that as a coach. And I think with guys like Farabee and Frost, Frost is, I really like those two because I think the focus has to be on those guys. There's going to be more pressure on them this year, but the way that they've kind of produced in camp is they're going to be playmakers. That means they're going to control the puck. They need to manage the puck. That's confidence, and they're capable of it. That's that development piece. Even though they're older guys, that's a development piece, and those are the guys he's going to loosen up with, I think, to let them play a more skilled game. But they're always going to be with two two worker-type players, I guarantee it. Can I say this, though? <laughs> I'll believe that when I see it <laughs> about him. Letting him. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying he won't let them be creative. That's been his MO all along. People kind of underestimate that. I'm just saying that he'll, he won't be upset with defensive lapses and so forth because he, he wants to win. The guy wants to win every night. It's why he's in such a bad mood for the press conferences <laughs> after losses. He wants to win so he wants to build but he wants to win a little while they build and if a player's out there and makes a mistake defensively i i it's tough for me to th- but, see but, him having but a lot isn't of that why you you have you know now couturier coming back he's in in, in essence yes. another extension to the coaching That's staff true. a veteran guy that understands the responsibilities of defensive hockey right it's cam atkinson same type of guy and then you add mark Stahl. Yep. i mean so it can be less of maybe maybe torts uh, getting on uh, the players and more of the guys holding each other accountable, showing showing the guys this is the way we play. Yeah. This is how we do it. That's a good and point. what impresses me about Torts, I mean, talk about an old school, old time hockey guy, right? Except that he's smart enough to recognize that if he doesn't adapt and grow, he's not going to be effective in today's NHL with today's athletes. And I think he's shown a willingness to do that. Yeah. And I, I, you mentioned it, I think, Fridgy, you know, the, the, or maybe you, JJ, with, with Frost. I mean, to me, he's like uh, the guy that I'm watching to see if the person that I saw in the preseason in Frost, the confidence that he played with to make plays, to drive, to drive offense, if that continues, then that tells me that, you know, Torts is in some ways adapting because I think like it's it's he's a player that like think last year Frost there was some bumps in the road for him and maybe there was some frustration there you know from Torts but I I think in the second half of the season Frost play really improved he's he's got the two-year contract he's had a really good preseason confidence should be sky high he can't cheat the game he's gonna have to make sure that he's doing a good job in his own zone there's no doubt about that but once he's got the puck he should be able to drive offense and if he does I think that's a sign that maybe uh, maybe there is a little bit of loosening up there and, and it's allowing a kid like Frost to really to show his talent when, when we talk about more offense the thing that torts insists and you're right some people on the outside don't know this but it's not like he's he's keeping guys from trying to make plays. He encourages the Bobby Brinks, the Frost, the even Emil Andre, keep trying to make plays. I'll live with the mistakes. And you pretty much have to live with mistakes of young players if you're going to incorporate them in your team. Yeah, yeah, making plays. I think a lot of the things that they're going to be able to have their freedoms as creative players is going to be generated off of work. Like, get it in and established even like Brink he's their their first play is to separate man from puck when they enter the zone right they're not really it's it just in preseason I know it's preseason but we've seen enough line combinations enough players they're a dump and chase team 
that's kind of not norm in the game. He wants those guys to get in, still establish work, but then generate plays, then start to create some things. And that's when I seen Frost start to do real good stuff is like he'd get a couple guys in there and they'd have offensive zone time and then get it to the creative guys. Like they're setting Brink up on the half wall on five on five. So their they're, they're, they're D are so active with even the move to Sandheim. So he wants to generate work, establish puck possession, manage puck possession, and then let the, let the young, skilled guys have it. That's, that's what I've seen so far that is, is successful for him. So that's got to be said in that locker room, we're going to generate everything off of the work that we do in the offense. I, I completely zone. agree with that, but I do kind of see this team scoring more off the rush than we're used to. Yeah, well, they have the potential from a skill standpoint yeah. to do that. And to your point, Boosh, about Morgan Frost, I'll point to Cam York. Actually, Torch is trying to get Cam York to take more chances. Yeah. So for those people out there who think, oh, a guy can't be creative underneath John Tortorella, I mean, Cam York is a case in point of a player who he thinks there's more in there offensively from him. And I know he's a defenseman, but he wants him up on the play. He wants him even sometimes staying in the offensive zone if he gets in there. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think uh, all around, Timmy, this team has the skill. And a lot of that's going to be the D. The D's got to get the puck moving. And I, I will say, if there is a big question mark on this team positionally, it is on D because, the, you know, they lost their number one in, in Ivan Provorov, and who's going to take those minutes? I think they can be taken, quite frankly, but we have to see. Is Cam York going to be that guy? Uh, is Travis Sanheim, who really looks good in his, his mm -hmm. camp, uh, is he going to be that guy? Maybe Risto a little bit, maybe Emil Andre eventually. But, uh, you know, somebody's got to take those minutes and do something with them. Craig Ramsey used to say, you remember Rammer, he used to say, if you want to rely on young players, especially young defensemen in the second half of the season, you got to play them in the mm -hmm. first half, and you got to live with it. Um, I, I think these kids, Zamula, Andre, I think they're going to be given an opportunity, whether it's right from the start or not. Obviously, they're going to dictate how much they get. Yeah, but I also, I, I'm a firm believer in, um, there are some organizations who just give it to the kids, right? Right off the hop, give it to the kids. And that can be fine if you've got the right character of kids. I'm also a firm believer in, maybe I'm a little old school in the sense that you've got to earn it a little bit. There's nothing wrong with having some older guys here. And maybe maybe on day one, and everybody might flip out and say, well, we're blocking the kids because the kids aren't playing on game one. <laughs> Keep in mind, there's 82 games. Yeah, there's right. a long time. And what can happen on October 12 or 13 could be much different than what's happening on November 13th. One month, a lot can change. And Personnel it, can change. Injuries can happen. If you're rotating young guys, you can still develop them, right, 100%. at this level. Andre might develop quicker playing against NHL players playing every few games than he would in the American life. I, I think sometimes you don't want to, I know as a goaltender, you, you know, you give too much, it can be overwhelming. I think you want to give a little bit, put them in situations to succeed, make sure they can handle this benchmark, that benchmark. And once they prove that they can do that, then you then you ramp it up, in my opinion. And I'm also not opposed to, if minutes aren't there at the NHL level, to get reps in minutes, the important minutes, right, down down in the minors. If they don't have to go on waivers, then I think you should you should use that tool uh, for a purpose, and that's to make sure that those guys are getting important minutes. They're they're killing penalties. They're playing at the end of games. They're playing power play because that is also important in development. That, that's a really salient point right now because what they are doing with Brink and Forster, right? Everyone all camp long. Brink versus Forster. Who's going to make it? And they're both still here um, as of this taping. And when you look at it, would you 
you guys who, who played rather have a situation where skilled players like that are in the lineup every game and maybe every other game on a top three line or playing every day in the fourth line, which probably isn't really their role, or should they just be in the minors playing every day? I, I think the way that camp has gone, no one's going on that fourth line. That That's fourth right. line solidified. Exactly. You're right. So, right. And the yeah, way it should be. And right. the, yeah, right. and these guys like that's by design. I'd, I'd have to think that that's by design, right? So all the young kids who are skilled, like they don't want to be on that fourth line. Trust me, there's not a lot of guys that wanted to sit beside on the bench and see old Fedorik sitting beside him because they ain't going to get money points, you know? Yeah, but they're you know? well protected. I, I wouldn't have they're minded well it myself. Yeah, it's, it's I know I feel bigger. <laughs> yeah. But nonetheless, it, I mean, Rick Tockett said at the vest and he goes, man, it's really hard to stay involved in this game when you don't play much. And for, for the young kids, they need to play. They need to feel like they belong, and that only comes from the experience. And the, 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 the dynamic of going down is a lot different, too. It's, 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 it's a part of development. I, I, you, you get the different uh, um, opinions from everybody, but I, my opinion is everybody should spend some time down there, not to, like, humble themselves. It's part of development. You're young, and this is professional hockey. There's different pressures. You need to learn things. You need to... To, to listen to your players. There's a new accountability that you're not used to, right? The hierarchy in the locker room has changed, and Bush is alluding to this within that locker room today. I don't, and I think that's something we didn't have uh, in years past, but with Atkinson, Coots, and then like Hathaway even, guys that are in that locker room, Delorier, that dynamic's changed as well. So it's all, it, it's, it all leads to development. It all leads to the team helping the new young players, and that takes buy-in too. Yeah, like, that takes Brink, good mentors. You Brink know? and Forrester uh, both have already spent time in the minors, so yeah. they've gotten some of that. I think maybe, and I guess the question is, is it better for their development to be playing every other game if that's what ends up happening up here as opposed to playing every game. Both real different skill sets, yes. too. Yes. Yeah, I mean, look, we'll have to see what type of minutes it's, they're getting up here. Where they're being put, uh, are they in offensive situations consistently? If they are, then I would say, you know, if it is fighting for, you know, each one is in and out of the lineup, maybe it is better here. But if, they, if you know, there's some hesitancy to their game, if there's someone, you know, they're, they're unsure of themselves, then maybe, maybe going down is not a bad thing. Run the power play, get on there, get some touches, score some goals go down there with the right attitude, you know what I mean, that you know that this is good for you right now to stay sharp in what you want to be. As you mentioned, you don't want to be a fourth liner. Like Wade Allison, I mean, he he goes on waivers. Um, I'm sure it's it's upsetting to go down, right, when you were up before, but he, he, he shouldn't be, uh, his goal should not be to be a fourth liner, right? And the yeah. fact that this team has an identity fourth line, yeah. that to me is important. You need that line that's going to be able to get momentum back or to maintain momentum in a hockey game. They, they are going to be difference makers, that fourth line. And that means a guy like Allison, he's got to compete to get inside the top nine so that he can be the NHL that he wants to be. Yeah, and, and I think that's important to have that competition internally. What he also has to do, and I talked to Scotty Lawton about this. He's a great example of a guy that went to the American League after playing oh. a full NHL yeah. campaign and reinventing himself down there. And with Allison in mind, he said... If you get sent down, and this will be what I tell him, and I'm sure he has by now, don't go down and be thinking about the call-up, about you know waiting for that call. Yeah. Don't be so focused on the call. Get down there, do what you got to do, focus on your game, and that'll take care of itself because yeah. it can be counterproductive if the call-up comes and it's somebody else. Right. I mean, and then look, if he goes down there with the idea that 
I've got to improve my offense so that I can be an impactful top nine player, right? Uh, that's that's positive thinking. Now, could at some day down the road, you could always, you know, the fallback would be I'm going to be a, a real responsible fourth liner and play and play with jam and, and be that guy. You can always adapt to that. But I think Wade Allison has the ability to be a top nine NHLer. He's got to go down there with that mindset that I'm going to go down there. I'm going to create offense. I'm going to drive offense so that if I do get a call up, I'm going to be an impactful NHL player. I think that's, you know, what Scotty's alluding to as well. I mean, you can't lose sight of the fact that you always have to be responsible defensively, but there's more to your game than just being a default fourth line type player. And Lappy can talk to him because last year there were two examples of guys who did not make the team out of camp. One was Zach McEwen, right. who was back here two days into the season. He went down with a great attitude. Uh, then there was obviously something happened up here to get him the call, but he got it and he was here the rest of the year until he was moved. Cam York. And then Cam York, who was sent down after having a bad camp and did what he had to do down there, and he was back up here. So he has examples. It's going to be a changing thing. And, and yeah. It, regardless of what the final roster is for game one, it's going to change quickly. The teams around the Eastern Conference, a lot of teams think they've made improvements. It's kind of silly for us to sit here and try to project where we're going to finish, but we'll end where we started. I think we're going to be silly. team is going to be <laughs> way more competitive than a lot of people around the league think they're going to be. I think the uh, Metropolitan Division is quite interesting because I think Columbus could be a lot more competitive than people give them credit for. They had tons of injuries last year, and they've added some pretty good young talent. I don't know about the coaching situation. I mean, he's unproven, but uh, I, I think that some of the teams are like Pittsburgh. Everyone's got them up in the top three just because they got Eric Carlson. I personally think that team still has lots of question yeah. marks. Mm -hmm. Washington has question marks. The Islanders, to me, I mean, Sorokin might carry them, but I don't see a lot there, to be honest with you, unless the Barzell-Orbat thing just takes off. So the other teams have questions. I know the Devils, Carolina, the Rangers, to some degree, look really, really good, but there's enough teams in the Metro, I think, that have question marks, is why I said earlier, I think they can at least be in competition for a playoffs. Right, and if I look at it right now, I mean, I would, I would lean to the fact that there would be five teams from the Atlantic uh, to get in and three from the Metro. But in saying that, there are some question marks in the Atlantic, too. Like, is Ottawa for real, right? Josh Norris still is yet to play in the preseason for their team. Shane Pinto remains unsigned. There are some holes uh, there as, as of right now. It, can they make that next step? They've been notoriously poor in the first two months of the season the last couple of years, and they've dug themselves a hole they couldn't get out of. Buffalo, a lot of talent. Uh, Darlene signs, you know, the extension. There's a lot of optimism in Buffalo, can they live up to those expectations? We will see. It's one thing to have optimism and, you know, and, and this excitement that's coming down the road, but when it arrives at your doorstep, how do you handle that pressure? Can they be that team that takes the next step? Uh, Detroit. I think a lot of people look at that roster and say, that's a playoff roster. But we don't know. It has to play out. And if any of those two or two of those teams falter, now we're talking about some metro teams that could sneak in there. You know, and also, yeah. I mean, Boston and Tampa have – Lots of questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one of those teams could drop. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think it's more wide open than people think. Optimism is the key word. And I felt that last year for a team that's not made the playoffs for three years in a row. Uh, there's more optimism around this group with the future in mind yeah. uh, than I think a lot of people uh, would have anticipated otherwise. Good to have new blood on the broadcast roundtable. Guys, good luck this year. Yeah.
Thanks. It's uh, it's great to be here. You always need new blood, right, Fridge? You gotta yeah. bring it in and keep wake it fresh. these guys up. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we got a good we, we got a good goalie and a fresh. tough guy. What else do we need? We're, we're ready. We're ready to roll now. Well, it'd be good to have some talent, yeah. right? <laughs> we're, we're gonna take care of the scoring. No, okay. not true. Yeah. Not true. With our latest broadcast <laughs> roundtable for Jim Jackson, Brian Boucher, Todd Fedorik, I'm Tim Saunders. Enjoy the games.